Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs. Or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Angie has made it easier than ever to hire high-quality pros to get all your home service jobs done well. Just bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie will connect you with local pros who match your specific needs or book a service instantly at an upfront price. So join the millions of homeowners who use Angie to care for their homes and get your next home service job done well. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. This podcast contains strong language and adult themes from the outset. Hello and thanks for listening to this special lockdown episode of Because You Watched, the podcast that comes up with brand new ideas for TV shows and movies. My name's Rory and I'm a producer. It's my job to identify an underexploited video-on-demand category and gather some creative people to brainstorm some ideas, all recorded remotely from the relative comfort of our own homes. In this episode, an alien with a sexy face and body learns about modern life while on the run from a mysterious man in black. An extraterrestrial being lands in LA with a decidedly dated view of life on Earth. And a young lad from Warrington wins big on the Euro Millions and decides to enter the space race. Joining me for this brainstorming session is writer and comedian John Gracie. Hello. Comedian and writer Laura Lex. Hiya. And actor and writer Georgia Maguire. Hello. Your category for this episode was British Alien Sci-Fi, which is a real category on Netflix. But before we create some new entries for that category, let's see what exists within it. British Alien Sci-Fi has nine titles within it at time of recording. It's a bit of a lean category on Netflix, and they must have really struggled to fill some of it because it includes Pacific Rim Uprising, which, if I need to remind you, is made by American Universal Productions. Uh, It's filmed in Australia, and it's produced by Mexican filmmaker Guillermo (laughs) del Toro. Uh, The only thing about it is uh, John Boyega's in it. So that's all I can think of, of why it would be a British alien sci-fi. But one entry that definitely does fit the category, or at least fits it more was your homework to watch, which was the first episode of the cult classic series Red Dwarf. Now, Red Dwarf is a 1988 comedy sci-fi series, which is described by Netflix with this. Dave Lister wakes up from suspended animation to discover everyone around him is dead, and he's three million years into deep space. So that's the short version, but does anyone want to have a crack at describing what happens in this first episode in a little more detail? Well, it's quite interesting, isn't it, plot-wise, because... Uh, you know, the first episode of the sitcom does tend to start with a big change to surroundings. Yeah. What I thought was quite interesting with this is that you get so much of the uh, pre the, mm. the him being frozen. It was really quite interesting because I was sort of watching it and thinking, oh, Rimmer doesn't have the H on his head. Oh, <laughs> yeah, maybe they added that later on. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was sort of thinking, God, I don't know how much of this I've actually ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> 
I, I was amazed at how large the cast was in the first episode as well. Mm. I always think of it as such a tight show with, like, you know, the four main characters and then the occasional, you know, people they, they run into. But that was just, like, a whole crew of yeah. actors. And they all died. It's fucking bleak. <laughs> <laughs> it must have been gutting to get that casting and be like, I'm yeah. going to be in this huge new show. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I thought it was great, actually. I was really surprised at how it was kind of slow. They took their time. Like, yeah. it wasn't super funny, but it was... Like, they were really building something. And then the the twist, like, halfway through, even though I knew it was coming, was like, shit, they just killed literally everyone. What a fantastic character development, though. Like, I can only imagine trying to get that past commissioners and developers <laughs> yeah. now. Like, there's this cat, right? And he's been turned into a human over three billion years of evolution. And he's sort of like James Brown and half a cat... And dressed like Prince, um, but also a human, and he can talk, but he thinks, like, amazing. Like, the development that that went through, and then somebody went, yeah, cool, go for it, make it. Like, what faith in their writers that that was going to work, because, wow. So, how well do we think it fits the category of British alien sci-fi? 100%. Well, there's no aliens yet. Yeah. Well... I it depends whether you count cat as an alien. I would say British comedy sci-fi. I'm, I'm, I'm going to draw a, draw a line under the alien thing. I don't think. <laughs> well, then that's great news because all that, that, what that means is that you've got an easy goal to improve upon what Red Dwarf did, which is to put more aliens in. <laughs> so let's let's see what ideas you guys have in store. So first up, let's have. John's idea. John, what is your idea for a British alien sci-fi? Well, it's interesting you mentioned uh, having more aliens in it, Rory, because by, yeah. by that token, mine wins. Um, it, has one, it has one alien in it. Um, okay, great. So my idea is a six-part comedy drama, kind of definitely mm-hmm. in the Red Dwarf, in the, the mould of like a British comedy like series of six parts, but definitely with more drama elements. Um, yeah. It's called Fresh Off the Space Boat. Um, okay, and it involves twenty-something singleton Sandra, who's living in Leeds, and she's she's got a lot going on. She's got like a lot of pressure at work. Her mum really wants her to settle down and find a nice guy. Um, her friends want her to meet up all the time. Like she's very much like set, very much modern day. Like all the pressures. I mean, before coronavirus, <laughs> you know, destroyed all of this. So yeah, she's got a lot going on, having a stressful time. Um, and then she's going out for a run one evening. When she finds this, there's like a crash in the sky and she finds this metal box in a field. Uh, She opens it and this voice just immediately uh, like calls into her mind and says, take me away from here. I need to be safe. There's terrible danger. So she runs home. And when she opens the box, this gas blasts out and it takes Mm -hmm. on this terrible form. We don't see the we don't see the form partly for budget reasons, partly for, you know, scare if you don't actually see it. But maybe you see like Mm -hmm. a shadow on a wall of something horrible. And Sandra passes out when she wakes up an incredibly handsome man in her room <laughs> so i want you to all meet 43112 an alien shapeshifter who can't remember for the life of them why they're stuck on earth but has a pressing urge to learn about all human life on this planet oh. so now sandra's job is to keep this this naughty and i will say sexy alien <laughs> from being from being discovered by the authorities by her mum, who's like oh you've got a new man in your life i can't wait to meet him I by see. her nosy housemates who are like oh sandra bringing home a hottie um <laughs> trying to keep 43112 hidden from all of this outside presence uh, and also a mysterious man in black who has appeared in Leeds and is, is like appearing at all sorts of different um, areas, trying to you know clearly find out what's going on. Um, but 
all the while four three one one two wants to is just obsessed with learning about the local culture really wants to soak up what it means to be british so every episode is a different like form of british etiquette that uh, that they are taught about so you know sandra will, will tell it off and tell him off and be like what are you doing you've got to hold open doors for people and they're like, they're like oh, hold open doors and then like compute that then they're holding open doors for everyone and lots of hilarious comedic <laughs> things come up from that um so that's the structure each episode is like a new it's a, essentially it's kind of a like paddington style like immigrant story but with a cool sexy alien Hey. <laughs> Very important that it's sexy, I assume. We all know that women will not watch shows unless there are sexy men in them. Well, of course. I mean, exactly. It's mainly for me, but yes, also the women. So, John, in your, <laughs> in your, in your dream scenario, who is your 43112? Zayn Malik. Oh, love oh. I love it. <laughs> Unexpected. <laughs> this is so good. Has he split from the crew and there's three other aliens somewhere oh, else? Oh, yeah. yes. Can't continue An with that. More sexy than the last. <laughs> Our potential audience has just exploded. We've, we've, now, we've now got like this global audience yes. ready to watch this show. I do have a justification for why he's so hot, which is um, while Sandra is passed out, 41112 in gas form, uh, looks like it like goes into her phone and like he becomes an amalgamation <laughs> of everyone she's ever looked, stalked on Instagram. Oh, brilliant! Nice. That kind of uh, like amalgamation person of the most handsome man alive, which to my mind is Zayn Malik, um, yeah. comes out. So he's kind of like, but this is what you like, right? And she's like, well, yeah, it is. But come on, this is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, a, it's breaking my privacy a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So she has to teach him about boundaries and consent and, and uh, digital privacy. And then he sends yeah. her GDPR emails every other day. <laughs> <laughs> and what's going on with her? Has she got a job that she's struggling to keep? Or, you know, a guy that had a crush on her that's jealous of Zane hanging out with her all the time? Yes, I'm glad you asked. Let me introduce you to Matt, who is Sandra's ex, who, mm. who got dumped by her because she had, quote, too much going on. <gasps> now Ooh. he's like, you're hanging out with this hunk. What's going on with this? You clearly were lying to me. He's basically the series villain because he can't understand why she's hanging out with this new sexy guy he doesn't understand that he's an alien which is probably fair enough to him <laughs> yes wouldn't be your first conclusion no it wouldn't no so he's always like teaming up with the man in black to try and um uh. to try and like out this person he's like there's got to be something dodgy about this guy he's too perfect and it's that like it's the classic kind of comedy trope of see look he's this and then when everyone looks over the alien is doing something completely normal <laughs> <laughs> yes i just want to go through a few of the episode ideas okay go ahead they're all kind of named around etiquette things. So please and thank you is episode one, yep. um, where it's all <laughs> it's all about learning about holding open doors and that kind of politeness. Uh, mm-hmm. so the man in black is at one point chasing Zane slash four three one one two through a hospital, but because he keeps holding open doors, this alien gets really confused <laughs> and can't catch him or like runs past him, and it's all highly <laughs> highly hilarious. And then the final final episode: be kind to strangers. Final episode. So this episode reveals the truth of why four three one one two has landed on Earth. And yeah. let me tell you guys, so what, what's happened is um, his job or their, their job, I should say, is has been for this for this alien alien group is to um, find out Earth's weaknesses so that Earth can be destroyed. <gasps> but on, no! the flight, on the flight over, he changes his mind and is then attacked by his fellow aliens and crash oh, lands. No. And his memory gets wiped. So the last thing he says before he speaks to Sandra is like, get away from here. It's dangerous. And he's referring to the other aliens. So in the final episode, which is, as I say, called Be Kind to Strangers, he real- he remembers the final like bit of the puzzle. It's like, I'm here to 
to like set like make this earth be destroyed but because the episode uh message that week is be kind to strangers he has this moral decision of is he like is he kind to this strange new planet or has the like cruelty of matt and other people made him want to destroy earth and that's that's the that's the cliffhanger what does he do love it so did you say the man in black is uh, another one of the alien race they may be keeping tabs on him yeah so he's one of the bad aliens who's trying to yeah. like jog his memory and be like what are you doing here you're supposed to be destroying this planet why are you having these wacky hijinks <laughs> is he a bit like hugo weaving in the matrix i literally my casting says mysterious no. suit hugo <laughs> weaving yes amazing yes. and do we know if, if zane can act or do we not really care so, but if he can't, he's an alien. Yes, it's yeah. perfect. Oh, his weird acting style is. He's, he's, he's acting really weird and looks at the camera all the time. It's like it's an alien. <laughs> it's an alien thing. <laughs> I think it's the Schwarzenegger principle, where it's like the weirder you sound, the more it's like, yeah, of course, because he's a yeah. robot, guys. <laughs> yeah. Obviously, quality direction. Um, but I think he's mainly cast for his looks and his name. Um, mm, yeah. And for his commissioning power. This will get made, John, if you put Zane in it. Also, one of the things I should say is in some of the episodes his like uh, reaction to etiquette teaches her stuff as well. Right. So I had an episode called Participate in Office Rituals where Sandra has to do a secret Santa at work and she really doesn't <laughs> want to do it. Uh, and she doesn't know what to get this person. So 43112 says, why don't you just ask them? Sandra refuses because she thinks it'd be awkward. So 43112 reads the colleague's mind and then in the middle of the se- secret Santa comes in and gives them a sexy lap dance. And Sandra's like, <laughs> Sandra's like, we're busted now, we're ruined. You, but then yeah. the colleague enjoyed it so much that uh, they don't ask any questions. And Sandra is forced <laughs> to admit 43112 has nailed it. Yeah, she's forced to admit that her co-workers are dirty, dirty people. Um, what sort of theme tune are we going for? Are we going for like Very a, important. Very a important. version of a pop song or... Zayn Malik's going to write the theme song. Brilliant. Oh. And it's going to be like inappropriately sexy from like... <laughs> Like Pillow Talk era Zayn Malik, not the One Direction stuff. And it's like, Zayn, would you just call it for being a bit too hot? Just inc- incredibly graphic lyrics on like the most cosy, wholesome visuals. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think we should have in the, throughout the series, like loads of weird One Direction placement moments that, yeah. um, you know, yes. you'd have to be a super fan to get. So like a tiny figurine of Harry Styles in the background. Yeah. Can we clangingly drop the line One Direction every now and again? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. One Direction. Direction. Uh, every single episode, Zayn Malik looks to camera and makes a One Direction reference. Yeah. He goes, well, that's what makes you beautiful. Then looks at the camera, then looks back. Hello again. Just interrupting for a second to let you know that you can follow us on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook by searching for You Watched Pod where you'll find additional content, podcast news, and exciting updates on my quest for the next big thing. That's You Watched Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. So drop me a tweet, a Facebook post, or a DM. Anything goes, just let me know what you think of our slate so far. And also let me know your ideas. I might even bring them up on the show. Next up is Laura's idea. Laura, what is your idea for a British alien sci-fi? Okay, so I've sort of played with the the, the use of British in the oh, category yeah. here. Um, the title of my show. So I want to. I also want to make a sitcom. Um, mm. I I think we're going to look at a forty-five minute. Uh, Ooh. 
a prestige sitcom. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's going to have some big shots. I want it to be high budget. And I feel like the big money is in the 45-minute shows. I just don't think yeah. it's there for 30 minutes. I want multi-camera. <laughs> I want on-location shoots. And I want, like, a really saturated, high-colour visual look to this show. Nice. Okay? So the idea for the show, the title is The Alien Who Couldn't Stop Apologising. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now... What we're looking at in terms of plot here is uh, we have an alien, comes to Earth, and lands in L.A., Los Angeles. Oh, okay. is there a better place for an alien to land? However, they land in L.A., but on the ship, they're taught English with a very posh British accent. <laughs> And so in order to pass as their assumed alias in L.A., the alien has to pretend to be Lady Amelia Tort Fordry, <laughs> um, an, a posh uh, English lady from Hampshire um, who is now living in L.A. And if they are found to be an alien, then NASA will be onto them and they'll be subjected oh. to all sorts of experiments. Mm. So um, the alien's alien name is Glock. Right, but yes. she on Earth she's pretending to be Lady Amelia Tort Fordry, and she has to fit in in the world of LA. Now, luckily, she's absolutely stunning. Um, right. So, for casting, I want her to be played by Yale Groblas, who um, is in uh, Jane the Virgin. Um, I don't oh, know. Oh, she's Petra. It. Petra, yeah. So we're looking uh. at Petra is our alien. So she's playing Lady Amelia Tortfoldry. And um, she lands in LA and she's trying to fit in, but she doesn't know what she's doing. She's she's sort of trying to pass for this eccentric English um, peer of the realm, but in amongst <laughs> all these LA people. And then what would, wouldn't you know it, P film producer David Spiel. Oh. So, for real intense watchers, they'll notice that it's Glock and Spiel. Oh. <laughs> I love the intense watchers. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's oh. a detective show spin-off waiting to happen here. <laughs> yeah, there's a subreddit all about it before the first episode is even over, right? Um, David Spiel sees um, Amelia Tort Forgery and is like, she's going to be the queen of the LA film world. And he casts her in, in his new film, right? Now, David Spiel, I'm thinking, played by Harvey Firestein. You know, he's in, is it Independence Day? The guy hiding under the desk. And oh, yes. Mrs. He's in Mrs. Doubtfire, Doubtfire as the, yeah. uh, the very camp uh, makeup guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's brilliant. I love him. Yeah. yeah. So this is our film producer, right? And he's like, oh, you're gorgeous. You're coming in the film, etc., etc. right? But meanwhile, NASA have seen that there was some interruption in the space <laughs> um, blanket <laughs> that yeah. surrounds the planet. In the, in the Earth duvet, yeah. Yeah, the Earth duvet. <laughs> the Earth duvet had a ruffle, um, and they, they firmly think that something has come to Earth. Um, and there's all sorts, of, um, all sorts of experiments going on at NASA headquarters. So there's Professor Moribund, right, played by Denzel Washington, who's a jaded but brilliant scientist who wants to find um, aliens but is a little bit torn as to whether um, NASA is the best place to do it because they keep accidentally killing the aliens that they're experimenting on. But NASA is pretty sure something's happened, right? So they're sending out the NASA detectives to find um, to find 
Glock. And here's where the comedy gets really good, right? So (laughs) the lead detective is Octavia Woodrow. Mm. And she is a hardy, um, bitter, real, real sassy detective played by Miriam Margulies. Oh, lovely. Oh, yes. Right? She's she's furious about life and all she wants to do is find aliens. Probably we're going to find out towards the end of the series (laughs) that her brother was eaten by an alien or something like that, right? (laughs) But her assistant is the hapless yet gorgeous Channing Tatum. Oh, <laughs> what? Wow. What a comedy what a double act. <laughs> so these two are racing across America to try and capture um, poor old Glock slash Lady Amelia, Amelia Tort Forgery um, on the set. But obviously David Spiel, when he finds out she's an alien, he's got to protect the film and all the money he's poured into the yeah. investment. Mm. So he hires a posh English lady who happens to have been living in LA to oh teach um, Glock how to be a better... This is Penelope Wilton, by the way. Um, <laughs> okay. Who has to help um, Spiel and Glock out in teaching Glock how to be a proper English lady, um, which obviously <laughs> involves a lot of apologising for everything. Yeah. Mm. And then I'm thinking, when um, Octavia Woodrow and her assistant get to LA, I reckon the assistant probably falls in love with Glock. Mm. As in Channing does. Yeah. We all want to watch that. Yeah, we do. Yeah. What was the assistant's name? Um, I haven't given him a name, actually. No, OK, well, no, that's perfect. <laughs> this, this does make the second idea on this podcast where Channing Tatum has been cast and not even given a name. <laughs> well, just, nobody's going to know his name, are they? You only ever go, oh, yeah, Channing Tatum. Even in Magic Mike, where his name is in the title, you go, oh, Channing Tatum. <laughs> you don't true. call him Mike. This is, yeah, this is an all-star cast. Yeah, well, this is see. This is why I thought I'd set it in America, right? Because I thought yeah. I want to do the longer show. I want the big budget for that. But also, if I can appeal to an American and a British audience, absolutely. Nom 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 nom. Sweet, sweet viewing dollar. Well, what you what you've cashed into beautifully there is uh, if you've seen Legally Blonde the musical, there's a song called Gay or European, yeah. uh, where, where they're trying to figure out whether a, a pool person is is just being like European or whether he's gay. Um, and in this, <laughs> and in this, it's it's very much is he is she British and eccentric or a literal alien? Exactly. And, and it's just trying to decipher those two things. And I yeah. would love it if at the beginning she does a kind of her accent is like a Dick Van Dyke style British accent and then you know obviously you know Penelope Wilton helps her through and gives her the um what do we call it my fair lady touch that's brilliant yes what's the name of this Laura uh the alien who couldn't stop apologizing (laughs) could I could I pitch an alternate title or maybe a subtitle of my fair alien oh I love it my yes. fair alien. Fair All right, yeah, I'm going to add that to the pitch. My fair alien. The other option, obviously, is just to call it Glock and Spiel, like yes, Mac and obviously. Cheese. <laughs> what is the reference other than the instrument? A Glock and... Oh, nothing. That, that, is, that is the reference. That is the oh, reference. my God. Viewers will be killing themselves <laughs> yeah, to try and work it out. I love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, because there's 23 notes on a Glock and Spiel, and this episode, in episode 23, oh. she opened that door... Maybe the theme tune could be a Glockenspiel song. Yeah, there good. you go. And do you think there'll be? Will we have like a sighting of the spaceship then in the first episode? Will we see all of that? Will there be big effects? Yeah, I think we're going to have her studying on the ship. Yeah. You know, yeah. So yeah. you know, like light takes ages to get here from planets. I think mm. that's why her knowledge of what the Earth is like and what Britain is like is a little bit backdated. So, like, you know, maybe she's... You know, what's that terrible film where um, Hugh Jackman appears in Meg Ryan's apartment? 
through oh a God. wardrobe or something. What's that called? <laughs> um, quarantine dreams. I don't know. He, Is it called it's, K- it's, Kate and Leopold? Yes, that that's it? it. Yes. So yeah. maybe they, this could have elements of that at the beginning, you know, where she's learned um, sort of 18th century British and that's why she's <laughs> in America but thought being British would be all right because she doesn't realise independence has happened Ooh. and stuff oh, like well, that. Well. Here's, here's an idea. Maybe she got, like, television signals but they took too long to travel. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. That's such so a she's good... she's got, like, Mary Poppins and, I don't know, some other, like, terrible British yeah. accents. Yeah. yeah, I love it. She lands and she's like, what's all this cobbler's then? (laughs) (laughs) And singing like war tunes, like put pack up your troubles in your old kit bag. And they're all like, what the hell? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, maybe she could be in black and white when she arrives because she doesn't (gasps) realise. And then she has to sort of upgrade her skin. That's magical. Yeah, because she's only seen black and white TV. She thinks everything's black and white on Earth. So she's made herself black and white. That's really cool. That's really cool. So, of course, we don't want to uh, give the game away too much, but how does it end? Does, uh, do, do the NASA detectives find her? Or, or does she manage to stay undercover? Like, is there a, a big climax? Like, what, what do we think? Oh, well, I think by the end of series one, I think they will have to have found her, but they've yeah. got to get evidence that she is an alien, you know? Right, And yeah. then perhaps the end of um, series one cliffhanger could be... Um, Octavia Woodrow has the evidence she needs to go back to NASA and say where Glock is but Mm. just at that moment Glock finds out she's pregnant with Channing Tatum's baby (gasps) what? Oh my word. Mm. Oh. And is it a human? Is it an alien? We don't know. You'll need to commission series two to find out. Yes. <laughs> that's that's the, very much the EastEnders ending. The very last word of uh, season one is, I'm pregnant. Yeah. And yeah. you're the father. And then, but in a glockenspiel. Clue, 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 Well, that is the alien who couldn't stop apologising. Great stuff, Laura. There's only one more. To, there's only one more to hear, and there's a high. There's a high watermark to, to keep up. I with. can't believe it. I cannot believe it. So my offering. I'm guessing you're talking about me, Rory. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, it is called Les Micklethwaite's Space Race. Ooh. Now. Okay. So this is also going to be a high spec sitcom. Um, we need we're talking money and stars for this. Um, mm. All set in Warrington. So I Les is our main character. Les, he's twenty one, um, and it's always been his dream to go to space and then persuade his parents, Lorraine and Paul. He's quite homebody to come with him, and then his mates, Noddy, Biff, Sig, and Stu. So he's got his like little <laughs> pod that he likes to hang out with, and he'd like to go to space, but only if they're there too. So he thought about studying aeronautical engineering at uni, but then he was worried he'd miss his mum's cooking. So he yes. just stayed at home and now helps his dad, Paul, with his window cleaning business. Um, and just, you know, watches Apollo 13 at the weekends or whatever to get his little fix. But, yeah. however, in an exciting twist of fate for Les, there's an unprecedented rollover on the Euro millions, which yeah. sees him become one of the UK's top billionaires. So this has been going on for like months. They've just been rolling over and over and over. So Les from Warrington is like, oh my God. You know, he doesn't know what to do with this. But he realises this might be his only chance to go to space. 
So, you know, this puts him in with the big boys. Um, and we've got another character called Sir William Pickle, who bears more than a passing resemblance to Richard Branson. And he's oh, the yeah. UK's biggest <laughs> tech billionaire and at the forefront of the commercial space race, as we know. So Les like desperately tries to get a ticket for Pickle's maiden launch, but he's turned down because he doesn't he's not cool enough and doesn't have enough Instagram followers, despite the fact that he's now this, you know, Euro billions winner. Yeah. So he decides, well, I'm just gonna go it alone. Um and he sets up his own commercial space station in Warrington in JD nice. Sports in an old disused JD Sports. <laughs> the problem is he doesn't have a clue what he's doing. So he has a little Google and he finds this guy, Vladimir Lebedev who advertises himself as like a world-famous space scientist. Um, He's now sunning himself in Torremolinos, and he looks like a human. He sounds like a cartoon Russian, but he's actually a wild, unruly alien who came (gasps) over from Uranus and got addicted to the European, like, package holiday scene. I shouldn't have um, laughed at Uranus. Been... <laughs> oh, Rory, I'm so glad you did. <laughs> I, heard, I heard John laugh as well. It's not, not just me. Gets me every time. Every time. Um, anyway, so, um, yeah, so Vlad comes over um, and Les doesn't mind that he's an alien at all. Actually, he thinks it's really cool. Les is, you know, simple chap and um, he's just happy about it. He seems like a nice guy. Um, so he coaxes him to Warrington and they um, set up this thing together. Um, but he just, the main thing is that he doesn't want Vlad to let his parents know, let, um, Lorraine and Paul, that he's an alien because they might find it a bit weird. So yeah. it's this secret between the two of them. So, you know, they start this um, project to get their rocket off the ground. Um, and Lorraine kind of does the catering, makes them pack lunches every day. And um, Vlad develops this crush on her. So the other element of jeopardy is that Les has to stop Vlad from killing Paul because yeah. he fancies Lorraine so much. So it's this kind of, you know, trying to keep him quiet. Um, but even though he could turn them all to pulp in an instant, he grows to love the family. <laughs> and Les' space programme makes front page news, not just in Warrington, you know, all over the world for its unprecedented success. Now, obviously, Pickle is like really annoyed by this. Um, so he tries yeah. to sabotage the operation. Um, but Vlad saves the day and obviously Les's rocket gets ready to launch and becomes the first commercial spaceship in history. Um, and just for budgeting reasons, um, the, you know, we don't see it going into space. But yeah. the final shot is, you know, Paul is really obsessed with the cleanliness of the windows of the rocket. So yes. it's of him squeegeeing the um, <laughs> rocket's, like, windscreen to make sure that it's really clean just before it zooms off I just, I just, I just really like the idea that it's like, now we can't show space because we don't have the budget for it. <laughs> so the windows are just really dirty on the ship. <laughs> so, so you just can't see outside the grime. Also, nice reference to the opening shot of Red Dwarf where there's the astronaut cleaning the window on or cleaning the ship. Yeah! Yes, yes. There you go. So there we go. So that's that's my offering. Now you've mentioned that Vlad can turn someone into pulp if yeah. he wants to. Yeah. Uh, do we see that demonstrated in the show? Is there like yeah, a, a, a comical misunderstanding where he pops someone? <laughs> well, in Torremolinos, I think we see him kind of wandering yeah. around you know killing a couple of sunbathers and stuff yeah. um, and and and, and uh, les is like you can't just solve all your problems by pulping them exactly yeah. and he's like what are you talking about i pulp everyone yeah. <laughs> exactly so he's a cheery pulper you know he just mm. doesn't realize the implications yeah, he's not doing he's not doing it with malice he's no. just doing it very casually yeah. yeah yeah so what what's vlad's deal like what does he want so vlad vlad is like a real thrill and pleasure seeker and on uranus oh. everyone's quite you know, they're quite methodical about things. And Vlad, yeah, and Vlad just didn't fit in. 
So on a routine mission to the Earth, he found, you know, what pleasure people have here and that they can just go on a Thomas Cook holiday to Torremolinos for two weeks (laughs) for £200 and have a brilliant time. And he was like, I need in. So Vlad's just in it for the thrills. Yeah, the Vlad. But but then he he learns, much like your alien, I guess, um, he learns, you know, to feel. Um, and he gets real, you know, he gets a real feeling for um, Lorraine and Paul and their little family mm. unit. So, so Vlad is that is an alien who's obviously somewhat versed in space travel if he's made it all the way from Uranus. Mm. Um, so, yeah, let's see. Um, <laughs> so, what what skills does he bring into the table then? Is he is he uh, like uh, you know under the under the spaceship with a with a wrench like screwing stuff in all the time? Is he the the tech guy? Yeah, he can just he just click, clicks his little fingers and it just all comes together. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. He's he's a very powerful being. He is really really powerful. But Les isn't scared. I was thinking Robert Downey Jr. Perhaps. What do you think? As Vlad, Vlad or Les? As Vlad. Oh, as Vlad. Nice. Yeah. I can see him doing that. Yeah. You know that kind he... of slightly crazed look in his eye. Yeah, I, I, th- I think Robert Downey Jr. looks like someone who spent a bit too long on a Thomas Cook holiday, uh, <laughs> and has become slightly weird. <laughs> Now you say you say that Sir William Pickle is kind of an antagonist. He's kind of shaking his fist at these guys setting up their uh, amateur space agency. So does he do anything to kind of scupper them? Is you know he's got to have some villainy that he does to uh, try yeah. and hold these guys back. What's he what's he got planned? Well, I think he tries to shame Les. You know they go to kind of conferences <laughs> and he just, he just puts him down. Yeah, really, in really kind of base ways, really stupid. Yeah. Um, and um, he's he's got the kind of Branson hair and smile, and he's just yeah. always like flicking his hair and grinning, you know, showing his teeth in Les's face. How would you feel? Uh, would you consider mm. making this with Ardman animations? <gasps> oh, lovely. you know what? That would work very well. I yeah, think. I'm really. I open feel to that. like it's got were rabbit elements. It's got penguin going into space elements, and. And I feel like they could really capture some of the like archetypal characterization that you're developing here. Oh. Yeah, I yeah. would love that. I'm totally you, open to that. You mentioned Sir William Pickle's big toothy grin and, mm. and stupid hair. I can imagine. Uh, I can imagine that playing very well in uh, claymation. Yeah. Yes, you can make him really exaggerated and cartoonish. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, I think uh, I think you're onto a winner there, actually. And then we can still have the voices. Yeah, yeah, the, the Robert voice. Robert Downey. Yeah, but we could sort of de-age him, you know, because he's yeah. getting on a bit now. Yeah. Whereas if you made him like the figure of Gaston, the voice and, <laughs> and charm of, yeah. of Robert Downey Jr. in your characterization, like he's, who isn't dreaming of him every night? And, and that makes the pulping effect really easy to do because we just, you, we just, we just squash the clay model with a fist. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And it's so quintessentially British Ardman as well, isn't mm. it? Yeah, very, yeah, very you true, could, very like, true. You'd, you'd curl up and watch this on you year's day every year wouldn't you well those are all the ideas so let me just recap them real quick and then we'll decide what best fits the category which is british alien sci-fi so our ideas are John's idea, which is a comedy drama in six parts called Fresh Off the Space Boat. It's about 20-something singleton Sandra who lives in Leeds. She's got a lot of pressure at work, lots of social obligations. You know what I'm talking about. She goes out for a run one evening and finds a metal box in a field and then hears a voice telling her to run home 
with the box. So she does so, opens it up, Scary Mist comes out, but turns out Scary Mist is actually 43112, who is a very naughty and sexy alien who <laughs> takes the form of Zane Malik. <laughs> He's got a pressing urge to learn about humans, all while being dogged by a mysterious man in black, played by Hugo Weaving. He has to go and learn all the local culture of Leeds and the general British etiquette, and uh, always takes it a little bit too far. Uh, but Facing them in opposition is Sandra's ex, Matt, who's super jealous of this very, very handsome man who is hanging out with her and his very, very sexy face and body. <laughs> so he teams up with the man in black and goes against them. It turns out at the end that the uh, alien shapeshifter, 43112, was sent to find Earth's weakness and destroy it and now has a moral dilemma on what to do. However, as he's learnt lots of etiquette throughout the series, he decides to be nice to strangers and not totally destroy the earth. Next, we've got Laura's Idea, which is a prestige 45-minute-long <laughs> sitcom called The Alien Who Couldn't Stop Apologising or My Fair Alien or Glockenspiel. It's about an alien who lands in LA on a ship, but the one drawback is that they learnt English by watching old British sitcoms and TV and has an extremely British accent. Uh, the alien is called Glock, but has to go undercover as Lady Amelia Tout Forgery, um, as the British accent means that that's the only way they could fit in in L.A. Uh, she soon meets up with David Spiel, who notices a, uh, a real piece of talent here and thinks that she could be the queen of Hollywood and cast her in a big Oscar bait movie. However, not all is good as Professor Morabond at NASA notices a crease in the space duvet and knows that an <laughs> alien must be around here somewhere. So he sends out the NASA detectives to find Glock, led by Octavia Woodrow and someone who is Channing Tatum who doesn't have a name. <laughs> soon enough uh david spiel finds out that he has harbored an alien and to make sure that she passes the scrutiny of the detectives she must get taught in proper british etiquette by penelope wilton uh, to keep all the monetary investment he's put into his production safe Will she get found out? Will she not get found out? Is she pregnant with Channing Tatum's baby? These are all things that we'll find throughout the series and in series two. And that is the alien who couldn't stop apologising. Next, we have George's idea, Les Micklethwaite's Space Race, which is an Aardman-style animation. It's got loads of money put into it with big stars like Robert Downey Jr. playing our favourite alien, and it's set in Warrington. It's about Les, who is 21 and has always dreamed of going to space. Uh, his family aren't so much on board. Uh, he just normally helps his dad clean the windows, but suddenly he wins on the Euro Millions and becomes a multi-billionaire. And Sir William Pickle is not happy. He's the UK's biggest billionaire and he's at the front of the space race and he doesn't like this competition so he wants to make sure he stops Les mostly with really, really cutting put-downs which <laughs> they'll do in loads of press conferences but Les, eager to get into space and being rejected by Sir William Pickle sets up his own space centre in an old JD Sports soon meets up with Vlad Lebedev who uh, comes over from his Thomas Cook holiday uh, and is actually an alien from Uranus, and together they have to set up their own space agency, uh, keeping Vlad's secret alien origins under wraps. The Vlad can apparently turn everyone into pulp, but thankfully put, keeps that under his hat for the most part as, it, as things go on. Uh, eventually, they do set up the space agency. They send a rocket into space. Maybe the windows are too dirty to stay out, or maybe it's just there to give Les a little taste of home. Who's to say? But either way, that is Les Micklethwaite's space race so those are the three ideas we have but what do we think best fits the category of british alien sci-fi uh john what's your vote oh god it's always so hard um i 
I really want My Fair Alien slash Glockenspiel to get made. And I th- honestly, I think it will get made, to be honest, without my help. But I, th- I don't think... I think because it's so international, I don't think yep. it quite fits the brief as well as, as Les. Ooh. But I really want it to get made. I really want to see Channing and Petra bone. But I think for the brief, I yep. think the Aardman-style animation really swings it. And I think the the like small-town Britishness of it, uh, plus the addition of uh, Vlad, played by Robert Downey Jr., feels more... British alien to me personally so that gets my vote so Les Micklethwaite's Space Race has one vote Laura what is your vote well yeah it's difficult and, 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 and <laughs> <laughs> they, no, I, I'm, they are all very very good ideas yeah but, okay uh, so if I have to do this based purely on brief yeah I I think I agree with John I've got to go Micklethwaite because it's got a real like brassed off vibe to it you know um englishman that went up a hill and came down a map for weddings like i can see richard curtis being involved um so i think i'm gonna have to go with georgia's idea which is you know i love john's but again it's it's just it's got that gritty indie (laughs) domestic Yep. plasticine feel <laughs> that, I, that I'm looking for in a in a British sci-fi yeah well with that Les Micklethwaite's Space Race is our winner which means Georgia what you say doesn't really affect anything so you may as well just throw a vote out there and uh just well, I'm gonna praise. I'm gonna say very magnanimously as the mother of two beautiful children I like them yes. both equally well, I, I, I'll allow it. I'll allow it as as it doesn't affect the final score. So our, our, our final win is Les Micklethwaite's Space Race, which wins as the most British alien sci-fi of the bunch. Well done, Georgia. Well done, Georgia. This episode of Because You Watched featured Laura Lex, John Gracie, Georgia Maguire, and me... Rory Binks. It was produced by Joe Grace and Martin Tricky. Mm-hmm.